This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What Billy up? This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Phone session, baby. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am your guide once again for this episode, Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession. And today I have a special guest with me, my longest-lasting hunting partner and the man who taught me a lot of what I know today, my dad, Mark. Dad, thanks for being on the show with us today. Thank you, son. Glad to be here and with your listeners. Absolutely. We're happy to have you. So, I mean, we got years and years of stories that we can talk about, and several of them will come up during this episode, um, and yet we probably won't even touch half of them, I bet, in the time that we have. Um, and it's always, I was thinking about this when we when I was trying to plan for this, on where do we even start? with you know everything that we've done and i mean a good place to start is always the beginning and <laughs> where i started right. um hunting with you i know before i started hunting with you you had some previous experience hunting in in south carolina uh you deer hunted down there pretty frequently i believe we and i deer hunted with some good friends and uh we had, a le- had we were on a lease there and we did um duck hunting and goose hunting and lots of other things of course we went to wyoming and hunted mule deer antelope and pheasant in wyoming so yeah yeah so i was not i was not around or not old enough during those days um the the early years but it was when we when we came to texas and got on our lease down in in hamilton that's when, well, I guess that you went down there as a guest the first time. Well, you and I me. went down, to, I don't remember, you and I went down together with a friend of mine, Ken. Uh-huh. And uh, that was our first time, and we just moved to, to uh, the Metroplex. 
and he, he asked, you know, hey, can I take you hunting? And remember, we, we went down hunting, um, and uh, we killed, harvested two deer that day, two does that day. And um, I remember you, we came back, you said, oh, hunting's easy, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my very first time to ever be in the woods. And I remember we, we like were, uh, Ken and I were field dressing that first deer, and I said, you can stay way over there because you were seven or eight, so... I wasn't sure how you'd react to the, you know, the gore of, uh, you know, field dressing a deer and you're way off there and we started field dressing it and before I know it, you're standing right over looking at everything like, you know, <laughs> what is that? What is that? So. <laughs> did you uh, have hopes in, in that moment? <laughs> well, my, yeah, I did. My desire, obviously, I didn't start hunting until I was in my 30s, so my desire was to start you out. And I love hunting. I love being in the woods. I like the 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 quietness the solitude that it, it brings you that's part of my nature part of my who I am as a person but uh, if the if you would take on to that great you know if that and so obviously you did but uh, and that's where we started hunting down in Hamilton because we got on that same lease with uh, our friend Ken mm-hmm. um, and did a lot of hunting down there and you remember we'd always try to leave early in the morning for the Metroplex and because it's about a four or five hour drive yeah, four hours. and and we get get to the lease. What's the first thing we do? Well, first thing we do is is set up camp. We had that spot underneath that big old oak tree, that flat spot off that creek bed that was kind of our go-to. Right. Set up our tent. We always we would always we didn't have a a trailer or a or a house or anything out there, so we would I mean we we pitched, we roughed it. <laughs> we pitched a tent and and set up a real. I mean we were on air mattresses, but we set up a real deer camp. You know it. it uh, get our fire pit ready fire pit ready yeah it was it was the real deal it's it's a lot we've been spoiled recently i feel like with some of the more recent journeys and not that i wouldn't be willing to but makes it hard to go back after you've been staying in a in a bed <laughs> with a roof <laughs> over your head <laughs> well, i've got that tent up in the attic and i'll bring it down for you and wyatt one day there you go you can stay in the backyard if nothing else camp in the backyard so I, I remember that campsite, and we have a lot of memories with that campsite, but one that comes to mind, I think we went out there early one one year to scout before the season opened mm-hmm. and maybe set up feeders or something, and it started raining on us. Oh, I remember that, yes. That, that one weekend, <laughs> and we realized then how close we were to that creek bed. <laughs> well, the, the story is you woke me up about midnight or one o'clock and said, hey, Dad, I, it, it, we got water all around us. Like, it's, it's like one or two inches deep. I said, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> a couple hours later, you said, Dad, I can't feel the ground. And I reached down and I realized we, there's water everywhere. Yeah. And um, I, don't, we, we, I looked out, and as you said earlier, it was up by a creek bed. And the, 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 the road, which is probably... 30, 40 yards away, it was like white water, you know, I mean, waves and white water, like you're canoeing. Yeah. And I thought, uh-oh, we got a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, get your shoes on and grab whatever you can. And, you know, we waded out. We probably, it wasn't quite knee deep around us. It's more, it was probably yeah. calf deep. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was probably six or eight inches deep. But it was coming probably. up fast. But it was moving, yeah. And, uh, we had no business being there. <laughs> and yeah, we threw all we threw the tent and everything up on the on the higher ground. And I don't know if you remember we for months after that we found our our tins of canned meat and stuff. You know where it washed out. I, I remember because at that point we were like, all right, when it gets light, we're gonna the rain kind of backs off. We're gonna pack up and go home. But as the creek started, even that day as the creek started 
recessing. It was, uh, we were walking up and down at finding stuff that had floated away. And, <laughs> and like you said, even, even weeks and months after that, we were still finding stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember you killing your first deer out there? I do. Your first buck. Your first buck, I should say. My first buck. I do. Um, that was that was an interesting hunt. I'd already shot a few deer um, at that point, but and that that's the one we were walking down that road, right? I the, know. We, we finished. A, I remember we finished a morning hunt, and we're we're just walking and talking. Yeah. And and you had your rifle. I didn't have a rifle with me. I said you you take yours. About eleven o'clock in the yeah. Morning. About eleven o'clock yeah. in the morning, and he said, "There's a deer." And I couldn't see him. I wear glasses, didn't have them on. I couldn't see him. And I said, where? And you pointed out the direction. So I just got on all fours and let my back be your rest. And yeah. you were shooting. So. Yeah. And Dad gets down all fours and you're just like, just just shoot him. If you can see him, shoot him. I can't see him. And I remember I shot once and I, I, I believe I missed. And he ran. I mean, we're looking over a big mesquite area so there's little little shooting lanes here deer's probably 150 yards out and i shoot once and he runs i don't know 60 70 yards i can still see him he's still in the open and then he stops again and he's right in between these two oak trees and he's facing away from me and i remember walking around i see him and i i want to take another shot so i'm like dad get down again <laughs> and you still hadn't even seen the deer yeah so you get down i i, I don't know if you were annoyed with me or what at that time or if you even believed there was a deer there but i i got up and i put that put the crosshairs right behind his ear and uh as soon as he turned his head into my into my scope i i popped him and dropped him right there. that was a nice deer too he, he was he was a respectable eight point um i'd kill i think i'd kill a spike uh the year before that but that was my first buck with like an actual within a, with a frame to him you know mm-hmm. um more than just a little cow horn so mm-hmm. I, I was pumped it was it was a fun 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 morning not ex, not expecting to see that at 11 o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. wandering around and, and for your listeners you know those days those years those times we went hunting you know we had a lot of recoveries a lot of stories around the campfire a lot of um deer we we did harvest but uh, that built a good bond between you and I. Mm-hmm. That's lasted even now since we just hunted just last December together, and um, and and for your fathers raising sons to hunt or daughters to hunt, that's that is so important. I think, and that was one thing that that was a plus that I had never experienced. My dad, my dad hunted birds, but he never took any of us, so never had that experience with my father. But uh, I'm glad you you picked it up and taken it long, long farther than I'll ever ever take it. But. It it's it's definitely it's something I appreciate a lot more now than than I did back then. Cause, cause back then it's either it seemed like it was either oh man all excitement we're going hunting or it was man this sucks we're out here at nine o'clock at night dressing a deer yeah. I, I hate this you yeah. know yeah. it was either one or the other growing up as a kid and. And now, in my current situation, I, I realize, you know, how important those moments are, you know. The, the like you say, the bonding in camp, the spending time in a stand together. Uh, I, I didn't realize how much I missed just sitting in a stand with you until a couple years ago when we went on that hunt down mm-hmm. in, uh, outside of Menard. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that hunt out there with you because that was really the first time since those Hamilton days that that we've been in a stand because because we, we hunted together for a while early on but then once I started kind of get the hang of it um e- even down there in Hamilton you know we came time to hunt we'd split up you know you go to one stand I'd go to another cover more ground that way so mm-hmm. and and you know rightfully so I, I think there's there's different ways that hunters are built and, and one of them a very important one is through uh you know having a, a mentor figure in in their life that can teach them things and then another part of it is is them venturing out on their own and learning by trial and error well it's like a funnel you you know the more you get more freedom and you know the more mature you show as you hunt and and then you know when you first started hunting you have to i wouldn't let you hunt alone until after you killed your first deer and 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 um you know beyond that i would be fairly close but i would be sitting as you said in the wide open you know open air so and that's one thing that impressed me about you is you know of course you have feeders and you have stands and you have certain places you hunt I said, where are you hunting this morning, Sam? Oh, I'll go find some open air. And you go find a place and sit down and usually kill something. So yeah. that, that was that was I, cool. I feel like you were more you had better luck doing that than I did. I i and and I'm thinking back, I felt like I didn't have a whole lot of patience. Like eight o'clock, eight thirty would roll around and I could find somewhere else if I hadn't seen anything. And and early on I learned my lesson too, because I, I messed myself up several times doing that because you know, about eight eight thirty is when you get that second wave of morning activity, mm-hmm. and like like we're talking about learning things the hard way on your own. That that's one of them that I had to figure out was be be more patient. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember that when you killed up on the the other side of the road, we had, we hunted about a three hundred and twenty nine acre lease. Half of it was on one side of the road, half on the other side of the road, but it was on you, big chocolate brown horns. I, I do remember that's one of my, that's still one of my favorite bucks to date. I still have him hanging on the wall. Um, yeah, the, the first half of the property and where that first story that we told about my first buck, where that was, it was a lot of, a lot of short little hill, excuse me, little hills, um, cedars, mesquites. And then the other side seemed like it was a lot more open. And then like you're talking about, had that really big hill ridge, um, kind of on the, on the backside. Right. So, but yeah, so I, I went up there and I, I'm not afraid to say it now, but so we there were several guys on this lease, and one of the the stipulations that we had was that guys were okay with other guys hunting each other's stands as long as those guys as the guys who had those stands weren't there. So we were there. This one guy had a stand up on this hill, and he had put a padlock on that on that blind. So and I'd driven off. So you're by yeah, yourself. you dropped me off. And just and took off, and I walk up to the blind. And I'm like, well, there's padlock there, and I brought my own chair, so I sat down right next to the blind. Just okay, you know, we'll still try this. And I, th- I think a doe came out under the feeder briefly, and then she walked away. And I remember it's getting right at dusk, and I look out to my left, and the grass is about I don't know waist to chest high out there. Like it's tall grass out there off to my left, and I just see these chocolate horns moving through the grass and eventually this head comes up and looks at me and I'm like oh man that's a good buck and so I he as soon as he turns his head I throw my gun up and put again I put those crosshairs just right behind his ear and shot and dropped him so that and that was that was a cool buck I he was an old deer and and I 
I've still, I don't think I've ever seen a deer since then with chocolate horns, mm-hmm. like as dark as, as those were. Like they, that was yeah. dark, dark horns. Yeah, they were, they were cool. Yeah, I was I was happy with that for sure. And one thing we used to do is, you remember this is a tradition we'd have, we'd go the morning hunt, probably eat a Pop-Tart each of our bags, you know, to go to sit in the stand, and we'd, we'd finish the morning hunt and come back and have breakfast. Uh-huh. And, you know, it'd always be uh, fried eggs and toast. Spam. And Spam, or, you know, or luncheon meat that we heat up. And- Mom, Mom wouldn't let us have Spam at, at home, so that was... <laughs> that was uh, she wouldn't let you have spam at home, so that was your way of of being able to, but that to way, get away with it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked it too. But it is always, you know, as your as your listeners know, it's always tastes better in the out, outdoors. Oh, I agree. Eating breakfast outside on a paper plate in the middle of the woods is there. Nothing beats it. Yeah, that's that's a good time. You uh, so you had another stand back on that that side we talked about first, um, not too far from where I shot that first buck okay. in that mesquite area, that stand up on the hill back there, mm-hmm. you kill. it seemed like every time you hunted up there, you always saw bucks. There were always bucks up in that area, and you you killed a couple good ones yeah. from back in that area before. Yeah, I, I, that, that was just a good area. I'm not sure. It was up against the fence line, so you only could really hunt in front of you and off to your right. It was pretty heavy, heavy yeah. hardwoods too up there so i mean you were limited on your field of vision as yeah. well and I, I remember sitting in that stand and you and i sat in that stand a couple of times when you were young and, and remember we saw we saw lots of deer out of that but i was sitting there that one day and i look off my right I hadn't seen anything and i see i see a buck coming through the woods quietly and he's probably 20 yards to my right and i'm asking the lord please let him come into the end of my field of vision in front of me where it's you know we've had a had a clear cut and uh, and he came in, but he came in Sam with his head on the ground. I've never seen a, a deer come in, a buck come in with his head on the ground. Didn't walk in, but you know it's almost like he's almost like a a crawling in. And uh, and I saw him, and I, I double take and had to wait, you know, because it's different when he's coming in with his head on the ground. I had to get a little further. And I remember you came and picked me up. And uh, having luck down, I said, "Yeah, I shot a little basket eight, <laughs> and it was it was a nice deer. It had had pretty good horns. Uh, it was probably a one twenty one thirty class. Yeah, which for out there yeah. at, at the time was that that was about as big as they got. Yeah. I, that he he was that ten point though. He was really wide, wasn't he? Yeah, he he probably had about a an eighteen twenty inch inside spread." Yeah. Like he he was a he was a really nice deer. Yeah, nice body too. So yeah, that was that was a, but like you said, that was always a good stand to to hunt on. And I remember one time, remember we had a, a friend that put up a blind up there, kind of on a on a slope with a wide open. He put a field a, a um, food plot there. Uh huh. And I remember, um, it, it was during the rut. And I remember a doe and buck were chasing each other, and you were shooting like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I just thought that, I just popped up mine just so now. I believe you were in the blind, and then I was I was back in the woods a little bit behind, and they just kept running around. And that was that I was pretty young, yeah. and yeah. and I don't think I'd been hunting by myself a whole lot. And I just now that you mentioned it, I'm remembering that that hunt. I remember them chasing each other around, going in and out of that food plot and in and out of the little clearing in front of me and I, I don't know how many I can't remember how many shots I popped <laughs> off trying to shoot that buck and I remember walking up to you and and 
and you said, "Are you were you shooting at those two deer?" And I said, "Yeah, I was." And and you, then you told me you said the buck wasn't very big. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I remember you telling me the buck wasn't very big. Yeah. The 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 uh, relief in your voice that I that I did not actually shoot him you, you 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 didn't say that you just said the buck wasn't really big and, and now looking back on it I'd... well i remember them running in front of me i don't remember the size i just remember them that buck chasing that doe and you were popping off shot after shot <laughs> and we went out there one time remember and listeners the, the lesson is always have enough ammo because <laughs> we're trying to side our rifle in or one of the rifles i know we both used 243s at the time and we couldn't we couldn't get one sighted in. We were running out of ammo, you know. Uh-huh. And, and we had to go back into town and they bought the last two boxes of ammo that they had to try to. I remember that. Yeah, you know, we just we were trying to sight it in, and it was just all over the map, and couldn't figure out where the shot was going. And uh, that's why you bow hunt. That's why you reuse your ammo. <laughs> <laughs> and you listeners don't know this, but I started you out on iron sights. I wanted you to learn how to shoot with iron sights, mm-hmm. and you had uh, your grandpa's. Uh, 22 that was my first gun ever that little that little single shot 22 long rifle iron sights that was the first gun i ever shot and 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 the gun i learned to shoot on and then i i upgraded to the the 22 (laughs) with the with a scope on it that had like a a six round magazine i think right and then and then finally i got my a 243 youth model and i remember the first time i shot that gun you're, you're you're over here uh Oh, reminded me about that in. scope. Yeah. Uh, the first time I ever shot that gun, I I I tucked myself right up on that scope, and and I don't have to go into detail. Y'all know if you know about shooting guns, you know what happens. I I was right up on that scope, and it popped me right in right on the bridge of my nose. I had this big old bruise on my forehead for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you were you were, you were you were whimpering until we got up to the target, and you hit the target pretty good. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember how good I hit. I just remember that I was pleased with my shot when I walked up to it. Yeah. So, uh, and after that, uh, I was good. I I got a lot more comfortable with that rifle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, we could talk about old stories in Hamilton we, we could talk for hours about about those stories because there's there's hundreds of stories but I want to I want to fast forward a little bit more recent to some of the hunts that we've had here within the past two three years because we went through a little a little spell where we either didn't have a lease um, a- after Hamilton we either didn't have a lease or we were um, hunting on smaller properties um, or bigger property, but just didn't have a way to get around. Which before we yeah, that, well, that, that that is a good one. We had that uh, at least well, only for one year, I think, up in uh, near Paris, Texas, uh, close to the Red River, and you had a two-wheel drive truck at the time, right. and it's logging log country, and when it gets wet, which most of the time it was wet, it's just slick. Yeah, you, you can't stay on the road. We had a we had one guy in camp that had he was there one point when we were there and he had an extra four wheeler and he let us borrow it I remember for a couple of days and it it made made our life so much easier and and then he left and the rest of the time was back to <laughs> yeah. back to suffering but yeah so we we've, we've hunted lots of different properties different different uh, different sizes different capacities 
different deer. I, I remember when we were hunting down in the in the Weatherford area. Um, th- that was that's probably one of the properties that we've been on with some of the the best quality of bucks mm-hmm. um, for a lease that we've had. Because I, I know I know that we uh, we saw quite a few good bucks and yeah. and I think both of us have killed some pre- pretty respectable deer out mm-hmm. of that area. So mm-hmm. um, that's that was a fun place to hunt but and then more recently with kind of the up and coming of fall obsession and uh opportunities to hunt that have come our way we a couple years ago we went down for uh for a hunt with you on a on a ranch down in near menard right um which that was a pretty fun time for us like i said earlier it's the first time we were in a stand um Mm -hmm. in in several years together uh, almost 10 years probably at, right. at the time right i think so and uh we had we had some interesting hunts there i remember that one buck that came out uh behind us right. the one with all the the kickers what do we call them 230 230 or? yeah he came out at 230 in the afternoon so we, that we gave him the name the handle 230 so many times you know during that you know that days we're down there so and and this hunt guys is on uh is on our website um that we're talking about right now it's i think season two of our show fall obsessed outdoors is where it's in so you can go and watch the footage but we uh we were sitting in this blind together and we were there to hunt so we would go out in the blinds pretty early in the afternoon and i remember we're sitting there just kind of talking not not even really whispering a whole lot because it's middle of the day and i catch a core my eye behind dad out of one of the rear windows this buck walking and at first glance this deer is huge he's got kickers and bladed g2s and mass and he's walking out there and our both of our mouths just dropped like are you serious are we really seeing this all right and he comes walking out there and then we got to look and he was a younger a younger buck ended up not shooting him he's probably only three and a half years old yeah, and, and the guy, the guy in the lodge said, "Yeah, go ahead and shoot that." You know, we showed him a picture of it. He's, "Oh, dude, you take that." And but we, we want, we thought he'd be good for another year. You know, another someone else. He's a stud of a deer that young. And, and that, and that right there, takes it to um, something else that that you taught me in those early years, and that was um, part of being an ethical hunter mm-hmm. and a management-minded hunter, and not shooting the first thing that walks out in front of you and mm-hmm. i think that really we can really apply that mentality and tie it into the last story that i want to talk about today and that was our hunt uh last december mm-hmm. where it actually we were actually on a specific management hunt where we were shooting mature does and and i think that's one thing that comes with experience it's it's easy to tell if a buck is mature or easier i should say you you can look at the body size you can you can look at different characteristics and and that's and i'll save those specific characteristics for another episode we can talk about that another time but you can look at different qualities of a buck and pretty easily gauge his approximate age i feel like does are a lot harder um to do that and that so when i say that comes with experience um that's that's one thing that hunting down there in Hamilton, I don't think I would have been able to learn, is how to fairly accurately judge mm-hmm. a deer's age on the hoof mm-hmm. um, out there in the woods. So, and that and that was definitely applied 
um, in San Angelo on yeah. that hunt. Yeah, well, San Angelo was it was a management hunt, so you know I know we were told you know you said just to shoot does, you know, <laughs> and I was shooting a rifle. Y'all were y'all were bow hunting, so I was uh, I had a little extra advantage. I can reach that a little further than you guys. You took full advantage of it too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there were there were so many deer. There were so many deer. I, I, I've told people I've never never seen that many deer. I mean, the whole time sitting in the stand, there were deer there. Uh-huh. I mean, it, big the bucks would come out first, and and I saw you know most of them were eight points or some tens, but those were the one. Those weren't those were the ones we saw. I can imagine what the hidden ones that you didn't don't see. You know, early early at dusk or or late night, uh-huh. but um, there were, and then the, after the bucks, the does would come in, and uh, so you know that that was just a it was target rich. So it was it wasn't it was it was fun, and just the hard thing was just you know recovery, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they weren't bleeding very much when you shoot them, and that's why I started, at the first two I shot start shooting them in the neck, so they just drop right there. I know um, in one of our recent episodes i talked about that with with nick powell because we we talked about that hunt and and some of our stories from that and that was one comment i made was one about the deer not bleeding and two about after that first morning when you doubled up um you quickly changing from your behind the shoulder shot to your your neck shot right you didn't want to be i mean literally the deer the deer didn't bleed so we were wandering through the brush everybody pretty much just trying to find just wander up on it or you'd find a speck of blood. I mean, yeah. I, I shot two the first morning and two does, and I found one speck of blood on each of them, which gave me the direction, because I remember where I shot them, and then I saw where the speck of blood was, and that gave me the direction they went. But it took me probably 40 minutes to find them, and they didn't run very far. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was so rugged a country, mm-hmm. you know, with the with the, the grass and the trees and the, and the rocks and ledges and all that kind of stuff. It, it's hard to find. I said, I'm not going to keep doing this. So. I think I think San Angelo was a surprise for a lot of us in, in a lot of different senses, but I, I think the most consistent thing across the board was like you're talking about the number of deer that were out there. Because I mean, even, even you and I hunting in Hamilton, typically we'd see something every hunt. It might not be a deer that we could or would want to shoot, but we would normally see something. And then there were hogs out there too right. down in Hamilton, but San Angelo. Like the second it's light, or just pretty much pretty quick after you get in the stand, just the deer start coming out, and there were dozens of deer in front of people at a time. And I I know you and I were surprised. Um, those those other guys in camp from out of state, from other states like Georgia or Minnesota, they were they were in hog heaven up there, they were just pleased. just eating it up. <laughs> well, they what they liked also was a zebra. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about that too. <laughs> having exotics out there and and we i mean we were told there were exotics but we weren't told that there were zebras walking they, they around they're huge when you walk, we drove by and it's like man that's a huge animal yeah it's it, they're they're not just tall they're stocky they're yeah. thick they're built <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, they could run you over so yeah well dad i appreciate it i appreciate you uh taking the time to talk with me tonight and and uh reminisce on some old stories it's oh, always it's always, always fun. fun it's it's being with you but also just something we both enjoy and it, and and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to your son being hopefully involved in that in our time you know with our grand your, my grandson your son you know it, it and and that that's the way it should be um it, it should be a, a multi-generational 
generational uh, tradition mm-hmm. where, you know, you... And your daughter. Correct. And my daughter, yeah. You you started it. I mean, like you said, your dad hunted, but you you never had the same scale of interaction with him that you did with me in the woods. So you started it and by bringing me out there and and uh, <clears throat> now we're we're still hunting together. We're still going on hunting trips together and, and mm-hmm. carrying on that tradition. And now we got a, another generation that here in a few years will be able to be a part of that. And so that, that, that's a big, that's a big thing that I look forward to as well. And I know like out there where we were hunting in San Angelo, um, Nick Latham, he had his son out there with him. Um, first, first deer. First deer and getting, not only getting to see the kids excitement on shooting those deer but also nick nick was probably more excited (laughs) about it than than dawson was and and that right there gets me pumped up too because because i want that Mm -hmm. i want to be a part of that i know you know what that's like too so yeah i'm looking forward to it but guys thanks for listening Uh, we appreciate you all uh, tuning into another episode Um, if you haven't already be sure that you subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media we're going to have a lot of good stuff coming um, in the very near future so hit that subscribe button and look for our next episode uh, next monday morning and we will talk to you then